All right, how you doing, everyone? Welcome once again to Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. I am Russ Salzberg, joined by joined by my buddy Jeff mm. Beagles, and uh, I guess we can say the demise of Eli Manning has been greatly exaggerated. How about you? <laughs> uh, well, it is uh, week by week. We'll figure it out. Oh no! Listen, I, I mean. Uh, if if he um, th throws a pick or something in in practice tomorrow and it gets reported, that's going to be the yeah. end. But hey, it was a much needed victory for the entire Giant squad. Um, great game by Eli. They came out of the gate, which that's what I think they really needed to do. So I don't I don't know if I want to call it playing with house money, uh, Jeff, but just where they can breathe a little no other than you know they fell behind three nothing but they got out of the gate very well and they were playing with the lead and listen the 27 22 is not as close as it was you know those last 75 yards <coughs> the last touchdown comes with a uh uh second i was going to say a minute with a second left in the, in the game so i thought it was a good uh no it was, it was a, exactly what they needed it was a good listen you go on the road the recipe for success on the road is not to turn the ball over. They didn't. They got two turnovers and also penalties. They only they only had three accepted penalties on the day. That helps you win football games. Um, it was a tale of two halves. The first four drives of the Giants for the first half, they scored. The second half, the first four drives, they punted. And that's when they let Houston back in the game a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, to your point at the very beginning of the show, mentioning about Eli Manning, we knew that this was what Eli Manning could do. We knew that this is how he would operate if he had some time. They made the change at right tackle. That was the big news to me. Not so much big news. The big news to me was John Greco at center, 11-year veteran, comes in. Did you see how poised and how quiet everything worked? That's experience. Yeah, I, I thought that to me, you know, having gotten to know Greco and, and you see him you know, his body language, just the way he walks around. He understands he, what's going he, on. He understands what's going on. As I said this early on, um, I, maybe I mentioned it to you, or I think was it before the, it, may, it might have been before the Dallas game, where, where he and Nate Solder had walked over to the locker of um, Saquon and talking at great length, you know, just making what sure. What are they talking about? <laughs> That was a private conversation, but you can tell they were talking about the upcoming game and making sure with the body language, making sure everything was what it was supposed to be. And, you know, that's a veteran guy and veteran leadership. And you use the word quiet. I think that was very important. Well, I think that the offense um, was was doing well because they they were giving they were taking what the, the defense was giving them. Obviously had some problem with the pass rush. But, um, you know, listen, there was some place that OBJ was open, um, but Eli didn't see him. That's going to happen. And, and, of course, OBJ got his catches. He's going to get his catches every week. He just got to get got those in catches, the end zone. Got hundred, right. Um, one on the defensive side, I, I will tell you a guy that we talk about consistently, but nobody talks about. You see, you see my name over here. It's our, Can I couldn't be happier for him. And um, he's one of those pros, pros, we call it. A guy that goes about his business. You never hear or never see anything. It's just carry win. I mean, comes out and plays, led the team in tackles week after week. He's making plays on special teams. Um, and really, when you think about Dave Gettleman, 
he saw this guy and said, I need this guy stays on the team. And then you got James Betcher says, I need to go on the field a little bit more. I thought Lorenzo Carter is, is playing really good for, for a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that defense, um, they kind of lacked up. They, 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 in the second half, they were giving up the middle of the field a little bit more than I would have liked. Um, and that's how the Texans got back in the game, um, throwing that ball around. So, but you know, away from this game, we're moving into a team who likes to throw the football, and that's going to be the Saints. But I think from a, from a confidence standpoint, Russ, you know being around the game as long as you've been covering it, is that in the building you already feel the oh, atmosphere change when I, there's I, a win. I felt it in the parking there's lot There's no today. question. When you walk in here, the whole organization is happy that you get that first win, and these ones, these ones count. Of course, you get them in preseason, they don't count. This one does, and this was a huge hole to fall into if you go 0-3. You basically your season's done. 0 and 3, you have no shot. 2% to go to the playoffs, 0% to win the division. Uh-uh. Not going to happen. Now at 1 and 2, maybe you get a home win against the Saints and you're back to 2 and 2, you're respectable. Dallas loses in the division. Um, so the Giants are, are sitting pretty tight right now, nice nice and comfortable coming off a, a good win. Yeah, I, I was really glad. We'll get to the phone call soon, folks. 201-939-4513 is the number on uh, uh, Twitter, it's hashtag Giants Chat. I was really glad you did mention Kerry Window because Kerry is one of those guys who's always had himself a terrific spring, uh, like spring, cold oh, spring training, good, but good spring. A, you know, has sat himself a terrific training camp and then, you know, seems to like get quiet once the season starts. Not this season. He, he, he looked great in preseason on special teams, on everything. He was always around the ball, and he's making things happen. And you're right, in, in Gettleman's assessment, I need this guy. Yeah, I, I yeah. Need, I need him. And, and Betcha's saying, I need him on the field is he's what I need. He's just a great player. He, I mean, he really is. It's a steady. Yeah. Steady's a word for him, you know? Um, he's he's, a, I, as you said, he's a pro's pro. He really is. He goes about his business, and it, it's, it's contagious. So, um you know, they need, and they're without Olivia Vernon right now, without Eli Apple. They go on the road, and they get a win, and that's good for our G-men. Without question. Okay, again, 201-939-4513 here on uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live. By the way, we want to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout this 2018 season. Our friends, season. Coors Light. We got ourselves a sponsor this year. There, you, there we go. How about that? Mm-hmm. All right. Tell you what? Let's now go to Connecticut. Check in with Marco. Marco, how you doing today, my friend? Hey, good guys. How are you today? Good. Okay, Marco. What's up, buddy? All right. I called. Uh, I called you last week, Russ, and I told you that um, going into this game, I was worried about this team that we. I feel like we haven't seen them uh, kind of win. Or know how to win. I worried that they didn't know how to win, and so because it's been so long. And uh, it was great seeing Eli come down and just put the dagger in with that touchdown pass at the end of the game. Um, so I, I'm excited, man. I'm so happy, and I hope Vernon. I think if Vernon could come back Sunday, he would be such an added uh, boost to the defense. who's playing really well. Um, I, I would agree with you on that. Only I'm not holding my breath. I, I'm just thinking. You know, listen, I didn't think it was a high ankle sprain at the beginning. Maybe it was wishful thinking, but those are the things we heard. It was a bone bruise. I'm just thinking, Marco, if it is the high ankle sprain, they're going to be safe than sorry later on. Uh, yeah. Better to, if, if it's not 100%, 
let him rest this week, and you know maybe we get him back the following week. Marco, let me ask you a question. Did you see the excitement? I haven't seen it in a while out of Eli Manning on that touchdown pass at the end of the game. I mean, oh, yeah. if, if you look at him, that is a that's a guy that is one relieved, <laughs> and yeah. the other thing that is excited because you know that pretty much you look at that game and he's just so he, that's what you have in Eli Manning. He still he still has it. You know he does. And when he goes around and does a, play, a game like that, yeah, is he gonna, he's not going to have every game like that. You know that, Marco. He's going to throw his picks. But I will tell you, I feel so good for Eli Manning after getting bashed for so long that this is all his fault. This is fault. You know, everything is, goes through Eli and goes out and does that. On the road, gets a win. It was really good to see. And I know you're happy yeah, about it, too. A hundred, a hundred and fifty percent, Jeff. I couldn't be happier for him. And, uh, I did see it, and we needed it. He needed it. Uh, I had a question. I'm happy that I got you on today, Jeff, because I know you're you're plugged in to college football, mm-hmm. and it's about it's about the quarterback position. And I wanted to just get your um, your input okay. on this. I feel like I don't know, maybe like five, six, seven years ago, um, when teams were picking high up in the draft, and we were kind of assessing who they would pick, and we were talking about quarterbacks. We would always talk about well, if they miss on a quarterback, it's going to set them back. And, that, and if you remember, those were the years where, like, guys like um, Christian Ponder, Jake Locker, E.J. Manuel, these guys were getting pushed up in the first round. And they showed that they were not first-round caliber quarterbacks. But now, and I was thinking about this a lot on Sunday, and unfortunately what happened with Garoppolo, but if you, if you look at the, the influx of young quarterbacks in the league, it is crazy the last three years the amount of guys that come in. And, I mean, I can rattle off names, but I know you're familiar with all of them. Mm-hmm. So my, my question is, what, what do you think has changed either at the pro level, the way we're kind of – the way the pros are kind of looking at quarterbacks, or is it the way they're being coached up at the college no level? No question. Um, and, and, because, because, and, here's, and here's the reason I'm asking you. Because I, I've gotten into a lot of arguments with other Giants fans about where they felt – the number one pick, the number two pick should have went this year, and I, I feel confident. I love Barkley because I knew he was the best player in the draft. But also with Eli, I'm like, hey, if the franchise thinks he's not done, then he's not done. But I also have confidence that we're going to be able to find a quarterback when we're ready to find a quarterback because it's not like it was years ago mm-hmm. where it's so hard to find a quarterback. Now, what do you think has changed? Well, I'm going to answer the, the latter question. Is that what's what's happening? Is is that the reason why people were so, um, I guess, you know, why did we take Barkley? We could have got a quarterback. Because this draft, when you look at the quarterbacks that were drafted, I don't know if you're going to see another class like this. In fact, you know, from top to bottom. Not for, not for a while. Uh, for, anyway, you know, same, anyway. And, and not, to, not to say you're not going to have a class coming out in next year or the year after that might have two or three guys, but to have five and possibly six caliber guys, that's the rarity of it, and I think that that's where the discussion comes from, the narrative, if you will. But to answer your question about the, is it, it's definitely these kids are running the same offenses in high school as they're running in college, okay? So they're, they're, they're getting so much experience. They have these elite camps, these, these quarterback camps now. They're getting coached. They're, they're going to um, – it's, it's ridiculous how experienced these guys are coming, even into their sophomore and junior seasons in high school, how good these quarterbacks are. And then they go and spend three years, if they're lucky to go, you know, if they usually go in the first round, they're, they're juniors. There's, they're so good at that level now. So that's why you're seeing the play 
that you talked about. These guys coming out of college and how good they are and how good they are so quickly is because they're being groomed for six years before they even get to the pros. Yeah, it, it, thank you for the call, uh, Marco. Good question. It, it, it's, there's also the other thing, and again, this is going to happen every week. You know, like today I'm reading about, oh, Saquon's this and Saquon's that. Not, now we love it. Last week, oh, it was the wrong choice. Well, we're going to hear that We're, we're going to hear it every week. You, you, you're going to hear it every week. That's just the nature of things. But, uh, you know, also with the quarterback situation, it depends also, and you know this, Jeff, the fans can want this guy, I can want this guy, you can want that guy. The bottom line is... The organization has to want or be excited about a guy. You and I and everybody else could have loved this quarterback, that quarterback. It doesn't matter. If the organization is not in love, but they're in love with, as you say, with Saquon, that's the pick. End of story. And you move on from there. You know what I like about this is that when this is what you like to see. If for all the people that wanted you to draft a quarterback, you had Eli play well. For all those of you love to see Saquon Barkley play, he played well. So you had both of those guys play good. So not only did you not draft a quarterback, you got a quarterback that played well and knows that you, he can still continue to play. I am still a little bit down on this team, even though they won. I still think there's still a lot of work to be done here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not excited about three sacks by J.J. Watt. I understand that he's J.J. Watt, but I also understand he hadn't had a sack in over a year and a half. Uh, but it, but it, he was hurt, but I just, you know what I'm saying? So that doesn't excite me. Um, I, I will tell you that going out there and doing what they did in the first half but not doing it in the second half doesn't excite me. So they have a team that's coming in here, the Saints. You better play well or you're not going to play, you're not going to win this game whatsoever. If you play like you played against Houston they won the game, sure they did, but there's got to be a little more consistency and it'll get there. It'll get there. East Islip, we go check in with Matt. Hello, Matt. How you doing today, my friend? Hey, guys. Doing well. Thanks Hi, for Matt. having me on, taking my call. Sure. Um, no, we're not going to talk about lacrosse from East Islip. We're talking football today. That's it. <laughs> um, uh, Jeff, you know, just to go off your point, what you just said about Watt, obviously, you know, having three sacks is not the best idea, but you didn't hear much from Clowney at all. No, no. Merciless. You heard nothing so, from those guys. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that so was good. Solder had a good a game. Absolutely, end, absolutely. In and, those regards. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you because, you know, Nate Solder has not had the best season up to this point, and you did not hear Clowney's name whatsoever. In fact, it's kind of hard to believe that he had – I think – I don't have the stats in front of me. I did see them after the game, but I want to say that he maybe only had two tackles in the whole game. Hey, That's it. Yeah. It, it, so, I don't even think he had any pressures. I, Matt, I agree. Look, was it perfect? No. And, and, you know, Jeff's been bringing up some points, but at the same point – Certain things were fixed. Was everything fixed to perfection? No, but it wasn't going to. It's not going to get fixed in a day. Right. The, the team now is, after a miserable 0-2 start, they came up with a good win on the road. And a win on the road is a win on the road. They're 1-2. And, and, you know, very much in the picture in their division. What else you got there, Maddie? Definitely, yeah. So, just on my point of why I was calling, uh, I think uh, this team... Uh, as opposed to teams in the you know years prior, you're really seeing how and why this team was kind of put together, the vision of Dave Gettleman. I think, personally for me, this is the first time I think you can see the, the depth as far as veterans and young guys really be quality depth as mm -hmm. opposed to, oh, no, like this Just guy's numbers. hurt this week. Yeah. Um, 
now it's like, you know, the, the backup is going to be a liability. No, I'm not really uncomfortable with Connor Barwin on the field. I'm not uncomfortable with Lorenzo Carter, John Greco, even Ray Ray Armstrong. Like, he's come in and <clears throat> he, he's a pretty decent backup. Yeah. Um, you know, even Jonathan Stewart had a tough preseason, but him and Wayne Gallman spelling Saquon Barkley, it's, you're talking about positive depth players that are affecting this team in a good way. You know, B.J. Hill, they're all very good. Kerry Wynn we spoke about earlier. You know, I mean, they're not starters, but they're legitimate options to play, to spell guys, and will still produce for you. And I think that's a big quality of this team moving forward. Well, it, it's definitely a quality of the team, and it's also a needed quality of the team. When you look at this right. team in the last two years, I mean, I'm not too happy with what was behind the starters at all. I mean, especially last right. year. There has never been any depth on this team to write home about. And I think right. you got to tip your hat a little bit to Coach Shermer and uh, Kevin Abrams and Dave Gettleman for developing that 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 depth behind it, like you said. But, and, but I mean, B.J. Hill, I'm telling you, B.J. Hill is going to be the steal of the draft when we're done at the end of the year. That guy is a flat-out football player. You heard what uh, – Don't Sna you think, you, Matt? You heard what Snacks yeah, has said I, about him. I agree. Him. Oh, my gosh. Sna Snacks says he's the most athletic guy on a team, you know, for, you know, on the defensive line. Yeah, I mean, he came in from NC State playing mostly a three technique, and they had an amazing defensive line there with Chubb, yep. Street, and, of course, B.J. Hill. But, you know, he's really adapted to the play that five technique mm -hmm. on the 3-4 the uh, end. And he's, he's amazing. He's playing really well. I think he gives a good mix of speed and power outside in the 3-4. Definitely. I just, I'm, I'm excited about him. And definitely Lorenzo Carter, I think I'm, I'm the highest on, well, uh, aside from Saquon Barkley. But Matt, let me, let me ask you this. And, and I'm, I'm not suggesting that you're suggesting this, but sure. it's, it's great that you're bringing up the depth, okay? But yeah. had they lost, and you know where I'm going with this, had they lost, yeah. we wouldn't be talking about the depth which would not be fair. We would be talking about the lack of depth. That's just the right. way it goes in sports and in football. Sure, sure. You know, and it's what it's, it's like a toilet seat is, in a co-ed dormitory. It's up and down, up and down. It's what have you right. done for me lately? Yeah, definitely. And I think, like I said, you know, um, you're going to see it now even more so with Evan Ingram week to week. You know, I'm not upset that Red Ellison is going to be the starting tenant. I'm really not. I'm not worried. Yeah, does he not bring the same element that Evan Ingram does? Sure, but I also know if Eli throws Red Ellison the ball, he's going to catch it, or he has the ability to, to make a play. You know, we saw that this week alone, and I think that's a positive sign moving forward for this team, especially if they're going to, you know, build off of week two, uh, or sorry, week three, and move forward. So, Thanks for the call, Matt. Very much appreciated. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's, uh, from East Islip, let's go local to New Jersey and speak with Brandon. Brandon, where in Jersey are you? I'm in I'm in uh Newark. In Newark, okay. So you're nearby. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, brother? Oh uh, <laughs> man, I was so pleased this week, man. I felt that we was gonna win this week. And you know, I, I the whole thing is that I, I, I like the fact that Peyton was on the field talking to the team a little bit before the game. That probably motivated us too to win, being the fact that Eli brother was in the building. <laughs> but I I love I love how the uh the offensive line played and how they came together, they was playing so tough. I believe that Pat Sherman needs to keep Chad Wheeler in there, and Greco being the center of a veteran president in the front, I think that paid a, a big a big price, man, being the fact that he knew he knew Pat Sherman often and everything, man. And 
I just hope that, you know, we could just build on what we did. I see this team doing nothing but getting better now because I'm seeing what Pat Sherman is doing. Like, he's taking it really one week, one day at a time and getting this team, building it up, building it up. Our key thing is I just, we just, I believe we just have to keep, like Shep said, keep Eli uh, upright and the team just have to stay healthy. And like the brother just said a few minutes ago, Red Ellison, I think he came in and played well, you know, and, you know, I, yeah, we're going to lose some with Ingram, but hopefully he only be out about three weeks. I know I think we could survive that, you know. And we get the two and two, man. We, it's, it's, all, it's all good from there. But I believe Pat Sherman needs to keep Chad Willard at well, right tackle. Well, well um, I'm sure. I'm... Nothing against Eric Flowers or nothing like that. But my whole thing is, my question is, because I heard that he rushed out the locker room. I just hope he don't become a cancer in the locker room, well, being no, the fact that he lost his job. Well, well Brandon, two things, you, you know, on that. The fact that he went out of the locker room, you know, I read that too. And I would say this. In, what happened In, there? in, in I, I, fairness, no, he just, he went out of, he, he wasn't there in the locker room after the game. He got dressed and left fast. Now, now in fairness to him or anybody else in that position, well, he's whether done that you, in the past before anyway. Yeah, and but whether you like the guy or not, okay? It, it's got nothing to do. It, it's not, not personal. He, he was benched. He wasn't playing. What are they going to ask him? How do you feel about being benched? So he was out of the locker room. And I, I, that, that business about a cancer, let's not use that word because he's not a cancer. Uh, it, he, right now he's been benched. And so be it. And you just move on from there. You know, that's all that is. And, and the, like you say, there's too much veteran presence in there. Th th that's not going to be a disruption. You, you know, quite frankly, you could see how everybody reacted. There, there was no problem. Russ, let me give you, um, both Lance and I do the post game. This was some of the, as we were looking through the game, I looked through my game notes and I come mm -hmm. up with some stuff. These, these are the winning nuggets, I call them, for the game. All right? And these are the things I picked out. Time of possession, they were at 35-30. Okay, which was a 10 minute advantage over the Houston Texans. That is huge. 10 minutes. So 35 minutes. What does that tell me? They converted third downs, 53% on third downs. They were seven of 13 in the game and they were able to extend drive. That is a huge equation to win football games. Um, one of the things that we talked about, actually you and I talked about it last week is what is, and it was a question for us on, on one of the callers. What does this team do to help the offense out? Well, we talked about screens. We talked about draws. One thing we didn't talk about was getting the ball out of their hands quickly. You, if you could see what Eli was doing in that game, he was getting the ball away quick. One, two, two step drops and bam, out of there, and it helped. Um, and they were also much better uh, against man coverage than they were the week before. The receivers were getting off of their, their routes, and that Eli had a lot of time. Three for four in the red zone this week for the Giants. And defensively, two for five. So the problem with the Houston Texans is they should, they pretty much should be at least two and one, but they, they can move the ball. They almost had 500 yards of, of offense back to back weeks. They just can't get in the end zone. They just cannot get in the end zone. And here's the biggest one in the first half of Dallas game, the Giants were 70% pass, 30% run in the first half. That's not the second half when they were losing. It's the first half, which tells me they abandoned the run. This week, they were 27 rushing, 29 passing, almost a 50% uh, equal run to, run to pass ratio. 
That's how you win football games. And the biggest one, don't turn over on the road. Coach Coffin always used to tell us that the winning statistic in football is about turnovers. If you don't turn over the ball on the road, you win. I guess it's almost 75% of the time. And uh, also penalties, as I told you before. And some of those stats that you have in front of you, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that they were converting third downs. But do you have anything numbers on the third down conversions? Were they short yardage as opposed to third and eight, third well, coming and nine? In, coming into this game, the Giants and the Houstons collectively, number one and number two, okay, worst in the National Football League on first and second downs, okay? I know the Giants did much better on first and second down than the Houston Texans did. I don't have the statistic on what the percentage of those first, uh, conversions were, but I got to tell you that I don't think there were a, lo a lot of long ones. I don't remember. I remember one great third down conversion at the end of the game was the one to Saquon where he went up and got the ball and jumped up for it. And he was mismatch on, on a linebacker. Um, and Eli saw it and so did. And plus, I remember the comment after the game by Saquon, which really made me, I, I like to see this out of a young kid. He said, somebody asked him about, oh, did you notice that you were on a linebacker on that play? His answer was, I don't care if it's a linebacker, a safety, or a defensive back. I'm still going to make a great play. <laughs> really? Well, I think you're right. Well, but but we, we've all said this from the time we, we got to meet him from the moment he was drafted. He's got polish on him that you don't see. Uh, he was brought up correctly. Uh, his mom and dad had to do something right. He's just polished the way he conducts himself, yeah. the way he carries himself. He does not act like a rookie. He and does he, not act like a – he acts like a seasoned veteran. And I, I, I love his, uh, his, his answer sometimes. Like two weeks ago when he broke the record for the, for the Giants on receptions in a game, he said, that doesn't matter, we didn't win the game. Right. That, to me, is maturity. And rather than a young guy would be like, well, yeah, it means a lot to me to break records. And, you know, no, no, no. he said, uh, I don't care about records, we didn't win the game. Well, I, I think that's also been instilled, quite frankly, from, you know, Coach Shermer and, and Gettleman and everybody. You know, because this past week, standing there at the locker, everybody was asking, um, uh, not Saquon, Odell, about, you know, getting a lot of yardage and getting this and that. And Odell said, look. Yeah, I, I like to, you know, I like to have a 300-yard game and 200-yard game and all that business. But if we don't win, it doesn't matter. And, and like to me, uh, you know, J Jeff, you brought it up, getting the ball, you know, him catching touchdown passes, getting into the end zone. That's all great. If they're winning, and I know he's the $95 million man, but his presence out there just opens things up for everybody else as well. Seeing Shep make a play or seeing Saquon make a play, you know, it's all connected. So, uh, listen, last week was very important. It's now behind us. As you've said, the Saints are coming in, and when the Saints come marching in, you better be ready because Drew Brees is going to be putting that baby up. <laughs> uh, let's go to Pennsylvania. Again, the number 201-939-4513. Bob in Pennsylvania, how you doing? You're on with Russ and Jeff. Hello, Russ. Hello, Jeff. Hi. Um, how we doing? I, I just wanted to say, um, you know, okay, we didn't beat a great team there. We played Houston Texans at the right time, but it is something to build on. And winning one game in football is like a 10-game winning streak in baseball. So I'm giddy this week. Um, <laughs> I wanted to call up about Saquon more than anything. I, I've been giddy about, 
him since the, we drafted him. I haven't gone up and down about the quarter. First of all, the only quarterback I think that's really going to be good and a franchise quarterback is Baker Mayfield, and we didn't have a shot at him. Mm-hmm. But Saquon is, was the pick, and I've been real happy with that. I compare him. I don't want to put any jinxes or anything, but I haven't. I've been watching football since the late '60s. I had season tickets in '73, and I still go to the games from my location. But um, I haven't seen anybody comparable to him since Barry Sanders. I, I hate to put a jinx on anything, but no that's what he reminds me of. Well, he, he's got that little bit of a. Um... You know that jitterbug kind of move because you know he. he... Yeah, but the, look at the legs on him is the, with the power. Oh, he's a bigger and guy than Barry. Another thing, Barry. Russ, that I really love about him that I'll compare him to Barry Sanders and uh, Odell and everybody else. First of all, these guys embarrassed them. Well, I'm an old curmudgeon, I guess, but these guys embarrassed themselves with these touchdown celebrations. After Saquon scored his touchdown, Odell wanted him to start dancing, and all he did was hand the ball off because mm-hmm. that's just not who he is. And Saquon stays true to yourself, and that's what impresses me more than anybody acting like an ass out there. Well, well that's because you're an old curmudgeon, yeah, Bob. That's why. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know that I'm out. Number. Hey, at least you came clean and told us that. Love, but well, I don't get it. If I want to go see a musical and see somebody <laughs> just, dance, I'll do that. Well, Bob, but, but you got Bob, you got to remember something. If dancing after a touchdown was a crime, half the NFL would be serving twenty-five to uh, life you know, sentences. What they did, Russ, to make it uh, the ratings were down. They wanted the NFL brought that back because they that, thought that's what the people want, and uh, obviously that's what the people want. But uh, I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah, well, thanks for the call, Bob. Appreciate it. You remember, I remember the first big celebration guy who, you, you know, when he would make his big runbacks for the Houston Oilers. Billy, Billy White Shoe Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Billy yeah, he White. used to do those legs. Ooh. He used to do the legs. And, and, and I remember, especially on, on kickoff return or a punt return, you'd see Bum Phillips on the sideline to be mic'd up. Go, Billy, go. <laughs> go, Billy, go. He didn't care. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yes, sir, indeed. All right. Uh, actually, somebody just put. Uh, that would be Dave. Dave just put it up. Today is the anniversary of Victor Cruz's first salsa dance, September twenty fifth, two thousand eleven, against the Eagles. And you know what? Let's all be fair. Nobody minded the salsa dance. Where you know, not none of the big blue faithful uh, minded the salsa dance by uh, Victor Cruz. In fact, everybody loved it. Let's go now to Charlestown and speak with Roy. Roy, how you doing? You're on with Russ and Jeff. Hey, Russ, Jeff. Uh, you guys do a great job. Thanks for being there. Sure. You know, Sunday, Sunday was a great start. Yep. Um, Eli had a lot of protection. He had time. Screens were great. And like, like you said earlier, Jeff, a moment ago, you know, Eli was able to just get the ball out quick and – you know, I think that was one of the biggest keys is that there was there was quick, decisive decision-making on Eli's part, and, and the O-line protected him. You know, and, you know, the Flowers-Wheeler thing, I still think Flowers, the week before last, you know, he did a good job. He missed some, just like Chad missed some. But I think the two of them, I think the two of them will grow if, if we give them a chance. And, you know, um, I think uh, Shermer, uh, you know, the, the entire coaching staff has really looked at their players 
and and given their players the opportunity, and that that's what he said in the beginning. This is an opportunity to win your job, and well, and I and I think that. You, you, you ahead, know what, Bob. right now, I just, just want to interject something because you, you, you're bringing out a fair point. Listen, uh, Pat Shermer said something that it wasn't so much about what Eric Flowers didn't do. It was right. about uh, the decision of what Chad Wheeler you know, had deserved. He deserved a chance to play. And uh, you, you make a good point because I think we were talking about it last week. The week before against Dallas, nobody on the offensive line had themselves a good game. And and flowers, flowers wasn't the reason they lost. There were a lot of reasons, and and it was much improved this past week. So you do you do bring up a fair point. But you know, Wheeler's the guy now. Right now, he's number one on the depth chart, at least you know today. And uh, we'll see what happens. Absolutely, and I think you know, as long as everybody stays healthy, hopefully we'll get uh, Ov back. And um, you know, uh, even without Ov. We were still able to pressure Houston, and I think that's really encouraging. And, you know, Ovi comes back, it's even going to be more pressure. So, um, great win. It was a great game. I, um, <laughs> I game-passed it again last night. And uh, so, um, go Big Blue. <laughs> All right, Roy. Thanks very much for the call, my friend. 201-939-4513 is the number again, folks. Got to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live here is presented to you by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing <clears throat> Giants prizes throughout this 2018 season. Let's now go down to Atlanta and speak with our friend Dre. Dre, how are we doing today? What's up, Dre? Hey, hey Russ. What's going on, Feeds? How's it going? Wonderful. How are you doing, buddy? All right. Yeah, I was at the game. And uh, definitely want to talk about the offensive line. And I don't want to talk about Chad Wheeler. I want to talk about our rookie, uh, Mr. Hernandez. From where I was sitting, that boy's a beast. I like the way he finishes blocks. I like the way he stays on his blocks. You know, every time he put his hands on on, on the, the D tackle, he was pushing them towards the sideline, especially on that first run from Saquon where he got hit. He uh, he had the defender go all the way um, to the Giants sideline, you know he. I, I like he's he's a mauler. He's definitely a mauler. I think he's pretty much the unsung hero right now on this team and keeping this line together. Even when even against Dallas, even though there was some mental um, mistakes going on on it, he still was sound in his blocking. And with other than Cameron Jordan and uh, I forgot who the who the rookie oh and um the rookie uh, defensive end they got. If we can keep Eli upright and give him the chance to survey the field, I think it, we may be able to break that three, that 30 threshold. What do you think? What's the 30? Oh, What's the 30 it? touchdowns? So the 30 points. 30, oh, 30 points. Oh. Okay. Well, yeah, they're going to have to this week. <laughs> they have to score 30 <laughs> points this week. I can tell you that right now. Now, Dre, I saw that you, uh, our producer Dave put up here, Dre from Atlanta, and you had the O-line. I got to tell you, I've been waiting, to, I'm waiting for an O-line kind of call. I'm going to tell you something. I, I was I was having lunch today with Hal Hunter. Hal Hunter is the offensive line coach for the Giants, okay? Um, got to know him in the offseason a little bit. Um, was asking him how his group played in his opinion. And he already told me. He said they have to play better every week. And he said, I told them that if you're going to go and feel sorry for yourselves, there's no room for any of that. You need to get up and go and play. He also told me that the, Atlanta, excuse me, the, um, the Houston, Texas, the first five series – we're in a defense they never saw or practiced all week. 
the first five <clears throat> series of the game. They changed their defense. They were in different alignments, right. nothing that they didn't play. So now you talk about the offensive line doing a good job. Well, they also did a great job of, of, of adjusting to a defense that they hadn't practiced against well, all week. Well, if, if that's the case, that's really impressive. And that's just coming from the court of the coaches, and that's that's really uh, your hat goes off to that offensive line for picking that stuff up. And and one of the earlier calls, callers had mentioned what I said on the pregame show about um, John Greco is that experience. That experience pays off when you get in situations like that. When you have an 11-year veteran and you've got a rookie next to you, and you're and the defense is lining up in something you haven't seen all week, that is a, that's you cannot substitute experience. You, you, you know what, Dre? Uh, I agree. What, once you, you know, as Coach Sherman likes to say, once you make the team, it doesn't matter where you're drafted or how much they're paying you. You're one of the 53, and your job is, and that goes for practice squad players too. Your job is you're there to be able to contribute, and but but having a a veteran backup with experience that you know your knees are not going to knock and your 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 hands are not going to get sweaty. You're going to be able to like. I'm not saying relax, but able to be in control of the situation. That's very important. And you know what, Jeff? You, you, well, that was a good point you brought up earlier. I mean, John Greco, it, it went very much under the radar, but there was a lot of calmness, especially in that first half, and give him some credit for well, supplying some of that. And we'll, let, we'll, get you, we'll get back to you, Dre. Don't worry. Um, the, uh, the center position, okay, when you have you – know, John Alapio is, is a good player. He's a young guy, okay, so he doesn't have a lot of experience, but obviously he won that starting job for a reason. One thing about Eli Manning is that you know he knows the offense better than anybody, but the one guy that probably knows the offense just as good as, as Eli is John Greco because he's been in a Pat Shermer offense three different teams. So right. he understands it. So if I'm Eli Manning I'm, and I'm at this line of scrimmage, I not only have to know what I'm doing, but now the, John Greco is making a lot of protection calls for the offensive line. That's, that's assuring to me as a quarterback. Then I know that my center knows we're on the same page. And I'm not saying that John Halapio and that Eli were never on the same, not on the same page, but experience. You know, you get what I'm saying here? It's just a little bit more comfortable. Go ahead, Dre. What else you got, buddy? No, I was saying I do. I agree. I mean, John Greco was good because he, he actually, uh, he can't, you can't, you know, negate experience. And it, it showed. But now we just need consistency. And that's one of the biggest issues we've had, consistency. We, we have a good showing at home. And yep. then, you know, think, I think things will turn around. But thanks for taking my call. All right, Dre. All right, have a Dre. good one, man. Thank you, buddy. Again, folks, uh, you are watching Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. We're listening. The, the number, as always, is 201-939-4513. Let's go out to New Mexico, speak with our buddy Scott. Scott, how are you today? Hi, guys. How are you doing today? How are you doing? Good. Uh, one facet that's not talked about a lot, and I think it's being an important <clears throat> facet for the game coming up, is special teams. Ah, oh, one of my favorite players. And one of the things I'm wondering on, either, either of you guys can comment on this, we're not getting any production out of our kick returns or our punt returns. So is this the week, especially against a team that averages over 400 yards uh, a game in offense, and we're where field position is probably going to be the critical key as to who wins this game. Should we throw caution to the wind now and say, okay, let's have uh, Saquon Barkley running back kicks and let's have Odell uh, Beckham on punt returns? Mm. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, that that position has kind of been, you know, the, the guys that were here at the beginning of the year are not here anymore. 
Uh, right. We just got a guy from, the, he came went to the University of Miami, I cannot remember his name right now. Um, Coley, uh, is it? Coley, um, yeah. I think? Yes, yeah, Coley. Yes. Uh, just got here. Got here like right. on Wednesday. So, and, and not to say that, you know, they, they still have to set up some returns and things like that, but I, I just don't think that we have it, a guy on the roster that can do the job that we want him to do, but I also think that I would like to see, and I've said this, I'd like to see Saquon in there, and I'd like to see OBJ in there in certain situations, but not full-time. Okay. But in a game like this where, again, uh, where you position the ball is going to be critical, does also, um, and you were yeah. obviously a master at this, Jeff, punting uh, becomes a very uh, sure. big issue because you want to be able to make sure you can uh, flip the field around. Yeah. And so uh, if you have New Orleans going a lot farther to get first downs as opposed to starting at the 30- or 40-yard line, uh, does that put a lot more pressure on somebody like Riley Dixon? It does. I think you've got to try to not get out of your comfort zone and try to stretch the field as much as you want to. I mean, you've got to be consistent. You know, I mean, we'll take 45-yard net, net punt um, because, you know, you don't want to all of a sudden drain one out there 65, 70 yards and the guy runs it back 30 or 40 because, you know what I'm saying? So – you kind of take what you what it gives you and, and go out there and try to get it 40, 45 yards net and punting and, and put the defense. But really, to me, it's not so much the open field. It's the, it's the plus 50 kicks. You want, to, you want to get them down deep inside their own 10-yard line so that right. they have to – there are not too many plays you can run from your own 6- or 7-yard line. There's a lot of plays you can run from the, from the midfield. So that's why I always thought it was so important to get those guys inside the 10 because it changes their game plan and the defense can just put their ears back and just really get after them. Okay. Well, appreciate it, guys. You're welcome. Right. Good call, Scott. Today. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. We have two callers from New Mexico that call in regularly. Yeah, wait, who's the other one? I, 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 um, I, Scott is the one I'm familiar with. I, I, I'm, and it was try, it's driving no, me just, crazy. You're 100% we have two guys right. that, come, that call, call in, in yep. quite frequently from uh, New Mexico. We Again, also have this guy that always yes, calls in. Yes, uh, from Portland. Hit, hit, hit that play button over there. Let's see if that will work. Will it work, Dave? Go ahead. I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Losing his mind. Mr. Illness. He wasn't right in the hat. Enough jokes. I am happy. You're a madman. And here we go. All right. And now hey, let's go Jeff. to Portland, hey, Maine. Russ. Hey, Charlie, what's going on? Charlie, Russ has hey. never, ne- have never heard the Charlie open, so I had to play it, <laughs> even though the smoke is not here. I, it's yeah. not that difficult. We <laughs> I, hit the play button. I never button. realized it. There yeah. you go. That's the first. I'm saying, what's he talking about? I thought maybe he was ordering a pizza or something, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the blind eye finally can see. Oh, they really? Finally, a glorious day. Uh, they finally realized Eric Flowers cannot play, and they benched him. Thank you. You're welcome, Thank Charlie. you, DJ. Thank you, Shermer. <laughs> they finally saw. And guess what happened? They won a we game. We won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We won a game because I know I'm, I'm not saying Wheeler's the answer, but I, I know that he didn't make any penalties. I know that he didn't miss any assignments. Well, you don't he, know he that. Got, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't no, know no. he didn't miss any assignments. What are you, you and Dottino oh, grading the films together, Charlie? <laughs> yes, uh, he didn't. He got beat. He got Charlie, beat, they won the game. Miss, they, Enjoy they the victory, it. Charlie. Enjoy the victory. Oh, I am. You, I, I, and the thing is, they still need to bring in a veteran lineman to back him up in case he implodes because he's got some tough – we got some tough DNs coming up here shortly, but it was great. I was so glad to see it, and I don't think it was a coincidence that Eli 
had 86% passing rating in, in that whole. And the, sometimes that's what happens. I mean, Pelopio was forced. Pelopio was forced out because of his injury. And Greco came in and he played incredible. He's a veteran. And that's what I've been screaming about. Get a veteran offensive tackle to back, just to be a backup or in case now Wheeler implodes, we've got somebody who can come in who's a veteran, who has experience, who won't be doing those mental mistakes, will know how to take care of stunts. Maybe he'll get overpowered at times, but he's a veteran, and that's what we need. And, a man, it was a great game. It was great to watch us finally move the ball up and down the field. Saquon mm-hmm. uh, is who he is. The only thing I, I think we're going to need next week and you, Jeff, you were talking about punting. There ain't going to be anybody punting next week. No, there, there not won't if it's, be. Not if it's like the last game, <laughs> you know, Saints and Falcons. Yeah. I don't think they punted once, did they? No. But anyway, but but our free safety. Riley, to me, is, is the weak link there. Yeah. He takes bad angles, and he's got to be on top of his game next week because he's going to really be needed to make some plays. And, and I'm just hoping that he can come through. Um, against, uh, you know, All right, All right, Coach Charlie. Thank you very much for the call, as always. Thank you. And the other thing they're going to need is some pressure. they got to get after uh, Drew Brees. You know, Drew Brees is not a a runner. He can get outside the pocket and make plays. But, you know, he's not going to take off and run the football. Um, But he has the mobility to get outside and and throw the ball. That's an understatement. I mean, everybody wants to make Drew Brees uncomfortable. Yeah, but you know what? The thing about Drew Brees is he's grown up in the pocket. He knows how to throw from that pocket being six foot tall. And uh, you got to get pressure, interior pressure on him and, uh, and keep him in the pocket and get some, get some nice sacks. Um, they will throw the ball, and you got Kamara, who is a lot like Saquon. So these guys are – it's going to be a fun game to watch. And I tell you, the Giants winning has just created a buzz again. People are going to want to see this game. This is going to be a good football game. Oh, without question. And you know the Saints don't play well outside their own building. So that that's kind of gives the Giants a chance. Well, listen, it's, it's going to be a 4-30 game. Everybody's going to be revved up. Giants are coming home off a of victory. So the crowd – off a of very good victory. So the crowd is going to be excited. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a uh, – Big blue atmosphere, that is for sure. And one guy who's very much part of the big blue atmosphere is this guy from Columbia, Maryland. Hello, Len. How you doing today? And you know what, Len? I thought of you. Honest to God, buddy, I was thinking of you, really, in the, in the first half because um, I remember last year when the whole Eli business came about, Len, and I remember your emotion talking to us on the phone. You got choked up because Eli's your guy. And I was saying to myself, boy, Len is going to enjoy this one because the demise of Eli Manning has been greatly exaggerated. Well, thanks for remembering that, Russ. I really do appreciate it. And uh, <laughs> Eli, Eli's the man. Uh, that was a nice win on Sunday. Dinner tasted really good on Sunday <laughs> night. And, uh, you know, on to New Orleans, this should be like a video game on Sunday. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. The crowd will be will be psyched up coming off that coming off that win. And um, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I you know, I can't till, I can't wait till 425 on Sunday afternoon. It's 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 re- really going to be terrific. Um, hey, just just a little trivia here. Uh, the original celebrant. Homer Jones, Homer Jones. Spiking, the, 
spiking the ball in the end zone. And as I remember it, that was probably the first guy who celebrated a touchdown. And that's probably 67, 68, 69, somewhere in there, Russ. Homer, Homer Jones with the spike. I, I remember the spike. I, I didn't recall, Len, if I, I clearly remember the spike. I, didn't, I don't recall if he was the first person to do so. That I, I well, don't recall. Well, I, I'm, I'm a bit biased, but I think he was. I think he was. Um, uh, hey, Jeff, something on special teams. Yep. Um, and you, you guys have said this in a number of ways. Let me say something about Greco. Nothing like senior leadership. Mm-hmm. Every winning team in any sport needs senior leadership. No question. And, um, you know, you get, you get a guy like Greco. Um, I, I think he helped immensely. We have senior leadership um, on our show today, by the way. Yes. That would be you, Russ. Uh, Oh, everybody's got to um, be a smart hey, ass, even if you're a Super Bowl <laughs> champion. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, Jeff, um, Dixon, I, I mean, I like the punting. He, I think he outkicked his coverage a little bit on they Sunday. They all do. They all do. Uh, do, you think, do you think he's a little slow getting to the ball, Jeff? Uh, you know, it's so funny you bring that up. How did you know that? What, 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 why all of a sudden does that come up, Len? I'm just curious. Right, I, come, I, I tell you, I'll tell you why it comes up. I thought they got real close on the first okay, one. There you go. All right. I just curious because that's very observant of you, by the way, because I thought the same thing in the game. That's why I was asking. Seriously. Um, then I was yeah. actually talking to Tom Quinn at lunch today, too. Yeah. I like to have as yeah. much, like to have lunch with as many coaches as I can because I like to ask yeah. him questions. And he also said that his get-off times were just a little bit slow. But did you, did, but did you see some of the direction in his punts? They were great. Yes, yes. And he might have he got was kicked. Him. Yeah, yes. it was pin him on the sidelines yes. and maybe yeah. with a little bit of out kicking his coverage. But you know what? That's the dome. That's yeah. the dome for you. You know, it's perfect conditions in there. And those punters and kickers, we, we get really excited when there's a roof over our head. And we're yeah, just, now you know, I, thought, I, thought, I thought they got a little close on that first one, but mainly because I think, I th- I think they went after him. Yeah. Uh, on, on his second okay. and third punt, they, they didn't get close. I mean, it didn't look bad, but I, I don't think they had a punt block scheme on. They didn't. They um, they I, I think New Orleans might pick up on that on Sunday. We might see them, you know, go after Dixon a couple of times. If you have a little bit of time, Len, I want you yeah. to go back, and I want you to go and, and, and somehow YouTube, if you know how to do that. I know you're an old yeah. guy. But um, <laughs> if you go back and look at Riley Dixon in college in Syracuse, yeah. I'm not going to tell you what he did, but just go look at his some of the stuff that he did in college. He is very, very, very athletic. And I oh, mean, wow. from, okay. I am from a running yeah. and throwing perspective. Go back and look at some of the stuff that he did at Syracuse. You'd be happy. Hey, to there see. you go. If we want to turn it into a video game on Sunday, maybe we <laughs> might as well have fake punts. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? You know? <laughs> Are you coming to the game, right, Len? Hey, listen, guys. Thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, oh one thing I wanted wanted to say. I'm on on. On B.J. Hill, I, I think he's got a bright future with the no Giants. No question. Um, if, if you look back closely at that game on Sunday, you know, he got limited snaps. Martin had his hand in the dirt a lot, and Wynn, who had a terrific game, obviously, uh, was on the field a lot. B.J. did not get on the field quite as much as he did in the first two games. Not I'm sack. not reading anything into it. It was probably, you know, the way they lined up their defense. Yeah. But you can, you can check me on that. But I, I don't think B.J. was on the field as much as he was in those first two games. Well, Patricia Trainer. And, and both Martin, both Martin with his hand in the dirt and 
Kerry Wynn, I mean, what can you say about Kerry Wynn? That was a, that's probably the best game he's ever played. Nothing bad, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was a terrific game. All right, hey, let's go, Giants, and uh, thanks for taking my call, guys. All right, Len. Excuse me. Thank you, Len. Enjoy the, okay. games. Enjoy the game on Sunday. 201-939-4513 is the number again. want to once again remind you folks that Big Blue Kickoff Live here, presented to you by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes throughout this 2018 season. Got about uh, four minutes or so to go before we call it a day. Let's now go to Washington and speak with our friend Stas. Hello, Stas. How are we doing? I'm doing well, fellas. How are you guys today? Good. What's going on? Hey, man. So, listen, it was good to get a win on Sunday. I was excited about it. I thought the team played well in all levels. I love the, the amount of balance. I believe we were almost we were almost one for one between pass and run, which is just amazing. I, the the offensive line, though, they still you know they had their struggles. It's JJ Watt and Jadavian Clowney. Like these guys are gonna get there too. Um, but you know, for the most part, I felt like Eli Manning didn't look like he was under the rest the entire game. Even though there was that little stretch there in the second half where JJ Watt started to impose his will a bit, it still looked like for the majority of the game. Eli Manning was able to, you know, manipulate the pocket and uh, and deliver a ball. You know what, Stas? Isn't it amazing that when you, I don't care how old you are, when you're given time to perform the way you can't perform, all of a sudden you look youthful. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? And and when you're not given time, you know, it's, it, it, it's that old thing, you know, when you're an older guy and you have a lousy game, then it's because of your age. You're t too long in the tooth. And if you're a young guy and you have a bad game, then it's your inexperience. I mean, it, it's it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. But when you're given time to perform the way Eli was given time, and if he can still be given that time, I think good th things are ahead. As I said earlier, the demise of Eli Manning has been greatly exaggerated. Uh, and, and I agree, you know, I, I honestly feel like if, if his last name was different, that he wouldn't get as much heat as he gets. Um, the bottom line is, you know, look at Russell Wilson. There's a great quarterback who put up poor numbers outside of last week um, all season because, you know, the, 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 the defensive end might as well be the running back. You know, like as soon as the ball snaps, they're in the backfield. And you, can't, you just can't win that way. No one can. Um, and um, so it was good to see that. I will say this. If we're going to beat the Saints, which I think we can, we need to break past 30 points finally. We need to have some long drives, keep, keep Drew Brees on the sideline, and score in, and, and score touchdowns, not field goals. Because that team scores. Their defense, though, their defense can be had. Their defense can be had. I'll take our offensive weapons over their defense any day. Yeah, but, but, but we can't. I, I what, what was that? No, no, I, I think Jeff's number before, what did you say, Jeff? Uh, the, it, we had like ten minute, a 10-minute advantage. Oh, yeah, time the, of possession. The, the time of possession, they had a 10-minute advantage on Houston. You, you hit the home, that's a home run ball you just hit. To, to have time of, the best thing to do when you're, you want to help your defense, then keep an explosive offense off the field. Best way to beat Tom Brady yeah. is keep him off the field. Best way, all the great quarterbacks. Best way to beat him is not allow him to beat you. So keep him off the damn field. A hundred percent. We need to. We, I, I, even though we were about 50-50 between run and pass for this game, 
I would prefer us to be like 35% past and then play the rest of it, you know, the, 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 the other 55, 65% on, um, yeah, on the run. run. That's considering then, that you're still in the game. Yeah. If you're not, cause that, that number is going to switch if you're down. So, but you know what, if it's a close game, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you on running the football time of possession, converting third down and keeping Drew Brees off the field and creating turnovers. He will turn it over. You know that. One quick question before I go. Um, does anyone ever does anyone ever say what happened to Zach Harrison? I saw him off on the sideline during the game. His hands in his helmet. Uh, the, the image that the TV gave looked like there was something serious. He, did, he never came back in, but we, I haven't read any reports. Is he okay? Uh, we have nothing. It's Tuesday. Nothing's come out. No, I, I mean, when, when um, Coach Shermer addressed the media yesterday, you know, he spoke about Ingram. Uh, I mean, I, I think if there was anything significant, we would have heard about it, Stas. So thank you for the call, my friend. Always appreciate it. Uh, you guys have a, have a great weekend. You yep. too, buddy, and go uh, Big Blue. Right. Yeah. I think he was talking about yeah, Harrison, sir. wasn't he? Snacks Harrison? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you said Ingram. You said Ingram. No, no, no. I, I said um, he didn't. He addressed. Yeah, he, he mentioned Harrison. I said Shermer yesterday addressed injuries. So he he, he, he brought up Ingram and, oh, okay. and maybe somebody else, but yeah. he didn't mention Harrison. Gotcha. So I think that was the case. By the it, way, Len, if you're still listening, I got the uh, BJ Hill 14 plays last yes, la, bleh, Sunday. So, yeah, and then, you know, compared to another defensive lineman, they had uh, over 60 plays. You, you know, you brought out a, a very good point. Uh, you know, it depends what the score is will dictate the balance between sure. passing. Oh, and, you know, that That's why sometimes when I see taking nothing a, a, a get away from quarterbacks, but sometimes when you see these 300-plus yard games in a losing effort, and the reason they're 300-plus yard games Garbage. is because – it, it, you know, call it, yeah, it's garbage time. When, when you're in a big hole by 14 or more, what are you going to do? You're going to come out throwing the ball in that second half, and that's what you're going to continue to or, do. Or if you look at the game last week against Atlanta and New Orleans, I mean, that wasn't a garbage time. Those were good games. Right. You know, so you do have a Well, that was a gunfight at the OK yeah, Corral. That, right. That's absolutely. So you're going to get into those. And, and I, I, I don't think the Giants can win. I don't think they can win a shootout because I don't think the offensive line can hold up enough against this this Saints defense. The Saints defense is their Achilles of the whole team. Their offense is better. Last year, their defense was better. Right. They kept them in the game, but I think that their offense is a little more powerful this year. So, But so is the defense for the Giants. The Giants are pretty good on defense. They, 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 don't, they don't give up a lot of points. When you look at the over the last three weeks, you know, the 25 is the most. Is it the Dave? Is it the most? What do we have? 25 points last week. Who else? We had um, 27. Excuse me. Yeah, 27 was the most. So, all right, folks. That, uh, as always, is a wrap on today. Once more, I'd like to remind you all that Big Blue Kickoff here live is presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout this. Season. Good show. Okay. Yeah. That is a wrap on today. Our thanks to our fine producer, Dave Dominic. Our thanks to my buddy here, Jeff Fiegels. And of all, most of all, thank to thanks to you, the fans. I will be back here with you. Oh, and Dave Dominic too. Right. I said Dave. No, I didn't hear you say Dave. Well, clean your ears. And you're talking about me being I heard you say me. Yeah, I said you. That's all you're interested in. Sorry, Dave. I was trying to stick up for you, Dave. There you go. There you go. Anyway, that's a wrap on today. Thanks for being part of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. Until tomorrow, I will see you then. Bye-bye.